to the Eagles Call. The Eagles Call covers news, announcements, alumni profiles, and student life at Decatur Heritage Christian Academy. Here's your host, Jeremy Scott. Well, welcome to the Eagles Call. This is episode two. I'm Jeremy Scott. I am the Dean of Academics and Ed Tech here at DHCA, and I'm joined again, episode two, with Head of School Steve Hall. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Is this the sequel? This is the sequel. Okay, this is great. Hopefully lots of sequels. <laughs> um, so last week we were just sort of getting our feet wet, talking about the year, what to expect, and, you know, just kind of going through some of the basics of this reality that we're living in. And, and, you know, we were chatting and I thought, of you know, you, you came up with like, well, we need to talk about some other things as well. And just in our conversations, we, we realize there's so much more to the, to the discussion around coming back to school mm-hmm. in the midst of COVID-19 and what it's done to our culture, how we think about education. And it has had a really big impact. And one of the things that came out of our, our discussion was, Sort of like, is is this worth? It? Is this worth it? Is it for all this effort? Is it really worth us doing this? Right. And 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 you know, you had some great ideas and and this desire to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we just start the episode off talking about that. Right. You know, is what we're doing worth it? Is coming to school at DHCA worth it? How would you right. begin to unpack that and respond to that idea or question? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a question that I I get. Um, quite a bit, especially with this COVID situation. Yeah. Um, you know, the minute that school changed from being what it used to be, um, immediately the question of value pops up. Mm-hmm. Um, is it worth it? As as, as you as you said, um, I think the first place that I would start is sort of a, a big picture view, looking over all of this, and and I I, I say this with. Uh, humility as as a dad of three boys who who are now grown uh, and knowing that I did not do everything <laughs> exactly right um, um, but I look at that situation and the one thing that I can say from experience is this is a journey that we're on with our children yeah it's it's an 18 year journey and throughout your time with your children you are you are in the moment and in that particular moment it's very easy to be get, to get caught up with what's the decision i need to make right now to solve and deal with this situation right now yeah yeah and that is a great question to ask as long as the longer view is in play yeah. as long as you understand the 18 year journey and that's the first thing that i would say in this in this moment of our history and and in the education of our children here we are sitting in this moment and what is our reaction to it are we viewing the longer journey the longer intent the longer purpose and the lessons that can be learned now with what's going on and is this the right place to learn those lessons and so i think that's that's an aspect of this that i i would always encourage people to be to be considering um but that question of value, um, honestly, that question of value is, is, is important whether or not we're in the middle of this crisis. Sure, sure. Um, the question of value um, does usually pop up, and it's usually related to the question of tuition and, and finances. And it, it's a legitimate question. It's reasonable. Um, 
And when I answer this question, you know, an, an aspect of the value of a DHCA education, a Christian education, um, part of that can be answered um, just by talking about the delivery of results, mm. just mm-hmm. how things go, you know, in the end, what, what, what became of the experience. In the end, is the school developing and producing uh, amazing graduates with, with high character and, and great ability. Yeah. Um, and, and in DHCA's case, that's absolutely the case. Uh, the, yeah. There is a sustained pattern of graduating exemplary classes from this school. Um, so that's, that's actually not a question that, in my mind, uh, is hard to answer. Yeah. Uh, does yeah. it deliver? Well, yeah. I, it does. It does, where our graduates are going. I think we do it schooling exceptionally well. Um, and honestly, the results would suggest that we're, as a school, we're actually doing it better mm. than most schools. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's to God's glory and, and uh, to his credit. Yeah. Um, but if we spend all of our time on that aspect of, of, of this question of value, we sort of, we sort of fall into these uh, rabbit holes of, of, of sort of what I would call granular comparison. You know, are, are, are the science labs as equipped as X school? Mm-hmm. Um, will my child experience, a, uh, I don't know, a business internship like, like Y school? Uh, and, and these are, again, questions that are useful in asking and thinking about. But the purpose and destination of education matters far more, hmm. uh, in my mind, than the, than the points of interest along the way. Sure. Um, so, you know, this is where I can just dive into this process of, of what is the value of, of, of sending your kids to DHCA and, and, and remaining here in this community COVID or not, yeah. uh, on campus or not, um, it, it's this um, eternal and, and life-changing gain that our students receive yeah. here at, at this school. Um, and, and again, if you really just stop and pause for a moment and think about it, especially in the context of our world today, our society today, um, our students are uh, gaining a respect for God Mm-hmm. His word and his authority, um, you know, the foundations of a disciplined life um, that 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 are established on biblically moral values that that's being laid yeah. here at DHCA. Um, you know, they're working hard and they're and they're they're learning a work ethic, and that work ethic is actually they're learning that it, the joy of of being motivated um, by much more than their own self-interests. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's powerful yeah. in the life of yeah. a child. Um, and so you take all of that, those foundational, powerful elements of education, and then you, you realize that is happening in every single subject, every single grade along the way for our children. Mm. That is a powerful influence, and yeah. it's an amazing influence that... Mm. Um, you know, again, is, is in my mind, invaluable. It's, mm. it's just incredible mm. what's, what's going on there. Um, you know, I, I, I have friends who, who teach in schools that are, that are not faith-based. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're involved there. And they're, they, they themselves are amazing uh, people of faith. Um, but what's interesting in the context of their work they are amazing people of faith 
who are mandated to keep a measure of silence about that faith. Yeah, yeah. And as this relates to our children, as it relates to the students in a classroom, that silence speaks loudly. Mm. Uh, it's it's just it, it's just not enough to say, well, my child is receiving something that's kind of neutral. God's not in it. God's not out of it. He's just you know just just not. It's just it's a neutral education. And honestly, education is not a neutral endeavor. Yeah, uh, I think most of us would understand that. It, it's yeah. just not. Our faith is either an integral part of our growth in knowledge and wisdom, or it's unimportant, or non-existent. That's something that in the life of a child who's trying to grasp and understand the world around them, um, that's a a scary thought uh, to think that their faith is not applied to, to... to all of life. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's, that's challenging. Yeah. If I could like just pull yeah, back for just a second. Absolutely. So I'm behind you in a lot of ways in terms of like my kids haven't graduated mm. yet. You know, I all have three here at <laughs> yeah. Decatur Heritage and, you know, seventh, fifth, third. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's exciting. And I'm going to I'm going to kind of say I think I hear you saying this Steve okay. am I saying this because I think you since you've gone through it you can kind of lend some mm-hmm. like this is more for me um listeners <laughs> um than, than you maybe but so as we're looking at what's going on with covid mm-hmm. and how it's affecting us and schooling and what we're doing it's easy to get caught up in all the details of the moment to mm-hmm. where you lose sight of the end result in game in a sense. Am I hearing you say like, yes, we need to trust the Lord, but we also need to be, you know, intelligent and and realize what's going on and do our best here. Mm -hmm. But when we look to the end product, Mm -hmm. that actually gives us clarity for the now. Yeah. Is that kind of, that's a great way to say that. That's an absolutely great way to say that is, is, is to, um, is to, to understand the destination yeah, uh, and yeah. what's going on. You know, as educators, we talk about um, the way you design a, a course, right? Yeah, you start yeah. with the end in mind. Yes, yes. And then you work backwards, right, yeah. into all the details. Yeah. Well, what's the end in mind for our children? What is our goal for them? And mm-hmm. what are we seeking after yeah. uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? What are we seeking for them? Yeah. And then as we filter backwards, let's begin thinking about what is actually really critical to that um, destination. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think as we do that, as parents, we're going to see certain things begin to carry a little less weight and a little less important that maybe, particularly right now, seem really heavy right now and and, and feel like we need to to react to in in a way that, um, again, may not have the end view. Uh, as clearly in mind. So yeah, you said that really well. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are like, just for, you know, establishing that or is there, are there other things that you're like, Hey, families, you know, community of Decatur heritage, like keep these things in mind as well. Is there, is there other things that you're are on your radar as the head of school? Yeah. Well, the best thing I can do is honestly speak from my own experience Mm -hmm. and from, uh, certainly from seeing families um, go through Christian education and, and how they viewed it and how they pursued it. Um, 
but also from my own experience. And um, I, I want to be very, very careful when I speak to folks about the reasons they choose Christian education. I, um, I, I can't live their life for them. I, exactly. I can't, I can't uh, come into their homes and say, these are the priorities that you absolutely must have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can only tell you, uh, well, I can tell you, at least with authority, only those things that applied to me in my life and, mm-hmm. and my wife as we were thinking about Christian education. And, um, you know, the things that were most important to, to, to us, my wife and I, as we were thinking about Christian education, um, I mean, I guess there was two parts to it. Again, there was the big picture and there was the, the, the sort of practical picture. And, yeah. the, and the big picture um, was just the understanding that, honestly, the things of this world pass away. Mm. And I, I, in, in choosing what's important to me, um, everything has to be filtered through that that grid, and and we were yeah. thinking through that, and and honestly, we want to deal with things that are lasting, right? Yeah. And in Scripture, there's not a ton of things that, that the Lord speaks to that has the lasting quality, but keeping it simplistic, you'd say um, God and people mm. are 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 you know love God, yeah. love people, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you know. So when you go to school, your knowledge, your education, what you learn, um, ultimately is as good as it is used for eternal purposes and and eternal worth. Yeah. Um, everything else has passing or not, uh, value that does not last. So, Mm. um, as, as I thought about my own children, um, how does, I, I was, you have to ask the question, how does one learn to grow in wisdom and stature before God and man and pursue a life impacting their world for the things of, of eternal worth? How, mm. how do you yeah. do that? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a Christian school that, that, mm. that I, I needed them to understand that everything, every aspect of life um, needed to be dealt with and thought through and, and considered in the context of um, of, of our great God yeah. and, and, yeah. and, uh, and Jesus Christ. So that was important to me on the practical side of it. Um, listen, I, <laughs> I knew for a fact that as a parent, um, I, I didn't have it all in me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all, it wasn't going to be about me. It wasn't mm. going to be about my wife. Mm. Ultimately it's about God's grace, but God in his grace has provided the church and he's yeah. provided great friends, um, and in our context, provided a great Christian school. Mm-hmm. And you know, not trying to apply verses where they don't need to be applied, but as I think about Deuteronomy six, and it's a charge to parents about mm-hmm. how they raise their children. You know, that verse about teaching your children along the way. That verse doesn't leave a whole lot of room for there's not a time. Yeah. To be. <laughs> yeah. To be thinking yeah. about. Um, our, our Lord um, and, and teaching our children. Um, well, you know, in our in our setting, kids go away to school. They're yeah. not with us as we're out working in the fields. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part. And so, um, I needed people to speak into the life of my child, and because I knew my own faults and, and shortcomings yeah. and everything yeah. else, I also knew what a blessing that would be to my children. And I can say this to you because you. You taught my children. You did. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, and the reality is, um, I know for a fact mm. um, that you 
made a difference in the life of my three kids. You were able to say things into their life and you were able to impact them and come at things in a way that I couldn't. It, I, I, I was not yeah. Mr. Scott. Yeah. And so you had things that you could say to them that, that the Lord used to, to weave into their hearts and into their minds. And then all along the way, there were these amazing Christian mm-hmm. teachers that were doing that. And sometimes it was a powerful lesson that was deep and rich and full of things. And sometimes it was just that person who just loved my child mm-hmm. well in mm-hmm. the hallways, who mm-hmm. said the kind word, who was always looking out for the best interests of my child. All of these people were speaking into the life of my my sons. Yeah. and. Yeah. I couldn't possibly count the ways and and the means by which God wove all of that together. Mm, mm. Um, so from my experience, I just look at that and and I am just eternally grateful to God for his people and for his church and for his Christian schools yeah. because it, it it made all the difference. My children love Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's not any doing of my own. It's yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But he used his people brilliantly in the yeah. life of my kids. And um, I, I think in the other thing that I would say is being very practical about the setting we're in now, but I felt it even when my children were growing up, um, is it is just look around us right now, right? Yeah. The world is hurting. Mm-hmm. It's broken. Um, and um, it's especially confusing right now. Yeah. And I think of our young people and they're trying to make sense of it all. And, and how do I think biblically about these things? And how do I actually, if they're old enough, dive into this and engage it in a way that brings healing, that, mm. that applies the balm of Jesus Christ into this setting? Yeah. Yeah. How do they do that? And to have a school like DHCA that can bring some clarity to, to what's going on. What a gift for yeah. our children. Yeah. Um, things are messed up, but you know what? We have answers to why they're messed up. Mm. We understand mm. the, the origin and nature of sin, yeah. but we also have a hope that we can instill in our children because our hope is real. We've experienced it as adults. They're going to experience it if they haven't already. Yeah. There's a hope for restoration and redemption and and an engagement in a way that sees the gospel of Jesus Christ just fire through this nation. And they can be a part of that. Yeah. To give our kids clarity, to give them purpose, um, to give them meaningful activity in the context of things of eternal value, that is a gift that is beyond measure. And and I, I hurt for those who can't receive that. Mm. Uh, but for those of our children who can receive that, um, when it was me and it related to, uh, to, to Susan and, 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 and my, my children, we looked at that and we thought we have to do this. Mm. We, we have mm-hmm. to figure out a way to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, um, why pass up on any means of grace that God gives us? Truly. And, you know, it's interesting just thinking about, as you were talking about, just like the church and the home mm. and the school idea of, mm. of raising our children 
for me, you know, my kids, with the exception of my eldest, you know, they've been in public school and, yeah. and, and just this opportunity. Oh, it's not just on, you know, the church and charity and I to do it. Like the school can be a part of this mm-hmm. community to yeah. raise our children as well. And, and that there is an excitement in that. But there's there's some peace that comes with that too mm-hmm. that I know that my my kiddos will be hearing or seeing the gospel lived out in there front of them, you know. Yeah. And there's something profound and beautiful and hopeful in that. And in many ways, you know, that's what we need right now. We always need it, but but in right. this time, it, it the song is a little more clear of the gospel mm-hmm. as we hear it in these places, in these spaces. And, you know, it was interesting the last night I was watching a movie with my son, Sam, we were watching Cinderella, man. Yeah. I don't know why it was just on the list of <laughs> movies and, and we watch it and he kind of thinks boxing's cool. So we were watching it. And for those of you who don't know, it, it tells the story of, of James J. Braddock, a heavyweight champion um, of the world in the 1930s during the great depression. And as the the film plays out around his life and how they're struggling and how he kind of climbs himself out of the despair of the depression to actually make enough money to buy milk. I mean, that's that's one part of the film. And and Samuel, he's third. He'll be a third grader. He he looks at me and he's like, is it that bad for people now? And and I said, for some people, it's this bad. Hmm. And there was just this realization. And then you could tell, just as we were talking and watching the movie and talking more than watching the movie, he just kept asking questions. But but like there were these moments of like, how how is God a part of this? How can he be a part of this? How do I see him in this? And just being able to have those conversations, talking about something that happened almost 100 years ago, but then seeing some of the same stuff play out. And, and there's a sense that the gospel applied then and it applies now. And and I literally am sitting there on the couch watching this film saying, well, we have a hope in the Lord during times like this. Mm-hmm. And and just seeing my son Samuel process that. But but also knowing that he'll be able to go to a place this year where he can hear those things as well. And there's something as a father, I'm in the moment, like we were talking right. about. <laughs> like I'm in the moment, like how, how, do I, how do I deal with all this? How do I get through this? But there is this sense that when I can kind of think of the trajectory of my son's life and my daughter's as well, just as, you know, that this is a crucial time. It's a vital time, but it is part of a, a narrative that I, I don't want them to miss out on um, because there's yeah. some a beautiful end results in mm. that. So That's amazing. Yeah. Steve, That's thank good. you so much oh, for joining us. Yeah. And uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we just have a few announcements. Thanks, Jeremy. start off this 2020-2021 school year. Um, Let's do the thing that's coming up a little bit later, and then we'll do um, the one that really starts tomorrow. So next week, um, August 10th, is our new student, new family orientation. Uh, Just keep that on your radar, whether you are a new family or you are old hat to all this, um, just to be praying for 
for our new families in our community. And so that starts on Monday, August 10th at 1 p.m. And the way it works, basically, families arrive. Uh, they enter. You'll be entering in through the front entrance. We'll take your temperature before you come in. And then you'll be going to the, the cafeteria. When you get there, there will be a packet waiting for you uh, for the upper school kiddos. Uh, in there will be a um, like your locker number and your schedule. And, uh, you know, for the elementary school, it'll be uh, it'll be some some things related to the class, but also just um, for the community as well. So we'll we'll gather in the cafeteria, all new families, both lower and upper school, K through 12. And uh, these new families, there will be a, a time for them to be welcomed by by Mr. Hall, um, our head of school. And then uh, from there, you'll have your opportunity to. Uh, go um, find your locker, upper school students, meet your teachers, both lower and upper school. There's one exception. The kindergartners will stay put. And uh, when they're there, they'll be just um, greeted and then have some some unique opportunities because uh, we all know as, as parents, uh, kindergarten is so, such a special year. It's nerve wracking as a parent. And so we have some things uh, just uh, there for you. Mrs. Barron will be basically giving a, a little orientation for the kindergartners and then opportunity to just take a little picture um, as they get their their year started. So just keep that on your radar. That's from 1 to 2.30 on August 10th. August 10th. Um, another thing just to, just to have on your radar, uh, teachers, faculty here, staff at, at Decatur Heritage, um, Goodness, this is being recorded on August 3rd, on Monday. On August 4th, uh, new teacher orientation starts. So another group of newbies uh, will be greeted and welcomed into our community. And so new teacher orientation will be on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then all faculty and staff will start on Thursday, August 6th. Uh, that schedule has been mailed out to you, faculty members. So if you are hearing this, um, check your email inbox and you'll find the details. If you can't find it anywhere, reach out to me. I'll help you uh, find it. Scott at dhca.org. Uh, there's so many more other wonderful things going on. Next week, we're going to start talking to uh, just other members in our community and, and what's going on um, with this year, how it's unique, how it's different. Uh, it's an exciting time, but it's also a time to be mindful, to be humble, uh, to be aware of those around you and to love others. Um, you know, put them first. Uh, we're so thankful that we're going to have uh, this time together as a community. It is a very unique time, and uh, I can't wait uh, to get this year started. So blessings to you. Uh, please keep an eye out uh, for the podcast. We'll probably try to get another one out there to the community in about a week or so. So blessings. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Eagle's Call. You can find Decatur Heritage Christian Academy on Facebook and Twitter at Decatur Heritage and on Instagram at DHCA underscore life. You can also visit us online at DHCA.org. We'll see you next time on The Eagle's Call.